I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influences Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. I'm here uh, with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, Brian. Good to be here. We're not uh, together physically, but uh, over uh, our favorite uh, resource, Zoom, which we've been using a lot of lately, but but, uh, the messages must still keep going out. So we're going to keep being creative if However, we can. So uh, I think we've I think we've seen each other's face more through this than we have otherwise. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. Well, uh, today's uh, podcast, we we want to really share with you a vision that that we both it's a collective vision, if you will, and it's really a a, a stirring to prayer, to more prayer. And uh, anyone who knows influencers and has gone through the journey, you all know that we care about prayer. Because prayer is part of abiding. You you can't you can't abide if you don't pray, and because uh, that's that's a very close connection to God is praying. And and even even when we lead journey groups, it's all about prayer from the very beginning of praying about who you're going to co guide with, who you're going to invite on the journey, uh, to to praying for the Holy Spirit to lead your sessions to everything. So we and, and and as far as leading this ministry, we've always been about praying first and then acting afterwards. Because it's such a temptation to go run out and and use our gifts and talents and and our intellect and all that, and then ask God for His approval later. But uh, Rocky has set a great—you've set a great pace, Rocky, in in uh, seeking the Lord first, seeking Him first, and then seeing what He has next. So, uh, so we were—you know—I was feeling—I've I've been feeling a calling to prayer. I know I'm sure a lot of you are too. That that one of the most important things we can do right now, especially now during this strange season that we're in is to pray and seek the Lord and see what he's doing. And Rocky has been using a word, uh, an awakening, praying for an awakening. And uh, I was in my time with the Lord a few days back and God started connecting some dots for me to this whole deal of the awakening. And, and I remembered, uh, well, and I was in my journey group last week and one of my guys in my group was talking about the great awakening. There were three great awakenings in the United States that were spiritual awakenings, and the last one was back in 1857. And uh, let me let me just share that with you guys, and then we'll talk a little bit more about our vision here. But but anyway, what happened was there was a guy um, in New York City, uh, Jeremy Lanfear, and he was a businessman in New York City who had a real heart for prayer, and the. New York City was plagued with, uh, and the country was plagued with all sorts of problems, probably not much different than today, lots of problems. And he was trying to urge people to pray. And so he took it upon himself to rent out a meeting space in New York City, a large meeting hall, and called a lunchtime prayer meeting for some business people. He put a lot of invitations out. Well, the first week, only six people showed up. But, you know, and it reminded me of times I've called prayer meetings and only a handful of people show up. And it always has amazed me that prayer meetings are generally your lowest attended meetings for whatever reason. And it just is counter to me to, to being a disciple. But, but anyway, uh, it slowly grew over the coming weeks. And then, and then uh, about three or four weeks later, this great stock market crash happened. 
that uh, happened in that year in October of 1857. And all of a sudden, lots of people started flooding to the prayer meetings. And not only that, but it, it spread all around the country. And they said six months later, uh, th by the way, the newspapers were the media of the day, and they wrote extensively about this awakening that was happening, this spiritual awakening. But 10,000 people were meeting daily in New York City uh, after six months later. So there was a real stirring and a calling, and and it even spread beyond the United States to other countries, Scotland and the UK and all that. They started joining in. And uh, they, they called it a phenomenon. They called it a revival. Um, and the media, the media said it was the third great awakening. And they even wrote about some of the tangible benefits of this prayer meeting and this awakening. They said all classes, meaning all social classes, became interested in salvation. Backsliders were returning. Conversions increased. Christians desired a deeper instruction in spiritual truths. Families established daily devotions. Entire communities underwent noticeable change in morals. Preaching, in which many in many places had become intellectual and lifeless, was now concentrated on the truths of the gospel of Christ and his cross. As James Buchanan of Scotland summarized, it was a time when new spiritual life was imparted to the dead and a new spiritual health imparted to the living. Isn't that amazing? Rocky, what do you think about that? I love that last part. Uh, that, I read that uh, several times this morning, uh, and uh, what what a what a great statement, great insight. <clears throat> and you know, Brian, uh, there was a, another great awakening that happened a little over two thousand years ago, and that was at Pentecost. Mm. And we've just celebrated Easter, and we're, we're still within that forty day period from Easter. And as we look back to the first Easter. Jesus remained uh, for 40 more days before he ascended. Um, and that's when he gave us the great commission. But right before he gave us the great commission, he, he told the disciples to wait uh, until the power falls over them uh, to, to then wait. And, and, and when that happens, then they will be ready to take it outward. And so what they did is there were 120 of them that were in the upper room and they were waiting. And while they were waiting, they were praying and they were singing songs of, of, of worship and praise, but they were praying together. They were in one accord together and that those are essential. And that would be the church at that time. That was the 120 would be the church uh, that was used to begin the foundation. And of course we know Pentecost happened. We know that, uh, that the Holy Spirit fell on them in a marvelous way, a miraculous way. They were given a gift of speaking in other languages and uh, different dialects of people from all over the surrounding uh, nations. And in one day, they, they increased from 120 to 3,000. And then if you look at Acts and where I'm getting my information, you only go a couple a few days later and it's up to 5,000. And so there was a, a dynamic thing that was going on there. And one would have to say that that was a great awakening. Mm -hmm. And since history, it's been uh, some other great awakenings that have occurred. And every one of them were preceded by prayer. Every one of them. Yeah, that's right. 
And, and even the first one was preceded by prayer, and everyone since then has been preceded by prayer. And I do believe we're going to be having a bookend here. And know what I mean by bookend is I believe 2,000 years ago, Jesus came, he died, he resurrected, he ascended, and he's coming back. And I think most people who study it would say that in, in 1948, when Israel became a nation, that the clock started ticking at that point. And they, they believe that it will be the generation that began uh, then, uh, that generation would see the return of Christ. So that means baby boomers uh, will be part of that generation. And if that's, if that's the case, now, who knows? Uh, we have scriptures that point the way Jesus said, you know, you'll see signs. Uh, and I think we are seeing signs. Uh, but I will tell you this, I read in scripture where Jesus was saying about the, the virgins, the 10 virgins, uh, that, that some of them were very alert. They kept their oil lamps uh, full of oil and they trimmed the wicks and they were ready for the bride groom to come. They were waiting and ready, but there were foolish virgins and they were asleep and they weren't ready. And, and, you know, my mind, I, I, I read these things and I try to visualize this. What's going on? This is a metaphor. I know Jesus is talking about it in the metaphoric language. What is he paralleling here? And I think he's paralleling the church. I think he's talking about the church in 2020 right now. This church that by and large, we've been asleep. And I do believe it's time to wake up. And I think that we need to be the heralders of that. We need to be the ones to get out and tell, get on the streets and get wherever we can and, and call out, wake up, wake up, the king is coming. And how are we going to do that? Well, we've got to do it like it's always been done, Brian. We have to proceed it with prayer. Yeah. And this is what our heart is, is to proceed this wake-up call with prayer. Get the body of Christ praying for revival. Yeah. Yeah, and th there's a great verse that, that we want to use as kind of our theme verse. Romans 13, 11 says, The hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Time to wake up. Yes. And, you know, in this, in this uh, current climate that we're in, there are... I mean, people are so open to the gospel, it's unreal. It's like finding somebody who is dying of thirst and dying of, of needing food and bringing them food, bringing them bread and water. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our concept of dispersing the bread and water is what, what was used in, with Influencer in, in Journey to Inner Chamber. And that is he got down and he found a refugee. He fed him his food from his own flat, his own belt, his own water from his own flask. And while he did it, he was patting him on the back because mm. he was giving him not only the food that he needed, but he was giving the love that he needed. Mm -hmm. This is where we are right now. We're messengers of the greatest news that's ever been given to this world. And now we've got people that are open to it like never before. What are we going to do with this? Are we going to be asleep or are we going to wake up and seize the moment? Yeah. And, you know, I just as a sidebar, 
you know, we're, we are really believing that there's going to be a great opportunity for people who want to go through the journey that maybe never would have before. And so we're trying to raise up a lot of guides right now. We're, we're, we're making preparations to train up at least a hundred new guides that would be, be trained and ready to go to guide uh, these people virtually or however we have to do it uh, all over the country, all over the world that be, that are going to be opportunities out there. You know, Brian, what I have seen uh, with all the many thousands of people that have gone through the journey that uh, are, you know, percentage of them do, do become guides and we would want them to have more, more of them uh, to do that because it multiplies our efforts in making disciples and our guides are the ones who build the groups and they're the ones who uh, pour their lives into other people. Um, and they're the ones on the front line and that, and this is the, this is the really the ministry of influencer. We just support the ministry of the guides to the regions and the places they are. But the thing that I have found about, about it, rather than whether, whether they uh, become a guide or not, if a man begin or one man and woman begin to abide with Christ, it awakens and enables their spiritual gifts. And those spiritual gifts are going to live themselves out in some way. Now, here's what I am seeing, and this is what I'm really excited about. What we are seeing is that when these people go through the journey and it triggers these spiritual gifts, it enables them with the fruit of the Spirit. We are actually seeing what we think are laborers. These are the people that Jesus said pray for because the harvest is great and the laborers are few. And that's the thing that we have seen probably more profoundly than anything within the ministry that we've had with influencers and with the journey is that it's raising up laborers, people who are able to reproduce. They can lead people to Christ and they can disciple. And so this is, this is what a laborer looks like. They're reproducers. And we're seeing that happen. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, you know, we, we're praying for an, an awakening in this country, in this world, uh, awakening in the church. But I think I'm, I think we're also praying for an awakening amongst influencers of all the thousands of people who've been through influencers, awakening their hearts to action, to service, to whatever, however God is is prompting them. But just awaken them up as well, don't you think? Oh, yeah. And Brian, I wake up every morning and say, wake me up, Lord, mm-hmm. because I don't want to be asleep. I don't just want to be asleep in this time. Uh, here we are in a, in a forced uh separation uh, with social distancing. And, and what do I do with this time? You know, I, I'm 75 years old and I'm looking at these are golden years. These are valuable years. These are years that, that I don't want to waste. And, and I ask the question, Lord, am, am I being wasted here? And the answer is, what do you believe about abiding? <laughs> I said, well, you told me a good while back as well. I've been sharing with other people that if I abide in you, I'll bear fruit. He said, well, did I say that, that you would not bear fruit in all, in all seasons? Did I say that if you abide in me, was there any, any consideration for the fact that you're separated? The fact is, is that I will work through you. I will make sure of that. But you've got to make sure that you're using your time intensely, even more so now, because you are isolated. Intently, intensively, abide in me. 
and discover that which will awaken you up more than you've ever been awakened. Mm. And then when the time comes, then you will harvest. Mm. You know, I think I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I think I'm gonna, this is accurate, that in a grapevine, some of the oldest, more established branches tend to bear the best grapes. You think that's true? What I've seen about grapevines, Brian, is it's the ones that that are more closely closer to the trunk of the vine. Mm-hmm. the 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 grapes are more; they're bigger. It's more productive the closer you are to the nutrition. Yeah, and 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 I believe that this is a time, and this is a blessed time. This is a blessed time right now, if we will choose to do it. This is a time that we can move more closely to the vine than we have ever been. And to move into that place where he is able to have more of us and we can have more of him. You know, it's interesting, Rocky, because theoretically people would have more time right now because they're working out of their house and they're, you know, they're not as pressed as they normally are, but, but, Strangely, I've heard more people say they've been challenged in their spiritual time now than they were before. And it's kind of strange, isn't it? Well, it is, unless, it, is. It, it is unless you understand that what's happening is, is people are laxing their discipline. And they're mm. probably uh, sleeping longer. They're probably watching more TV. They're probably looking for entertainment. They're spending more time on Netflix than they are in the Bible. They're, they're, they're trying to fill empty time with, with something to fight boredom. And, you know, going into uh, an intimate place with, with the Lord has always, been a, has always been a fight. It's a fight against distractions. It's a fight against those things that would keep us away from it. That you've got to have a discipline. And in this, in this time right now, when we're not going to work, and we're not doing all the things that we used to do to get up, go to work, do this, that, and the other, is that we've got to replace that with a discipline uh, that that prioritizes ourselves to move into that place where we're going to listen and we're going to seek. Uh, and 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 out of that, I, I do believe God gives us steps that grow out of that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I, that's really, I think you're right on on that. Well, let's get back to the to our prayer initiative. Um, so what we're feeling led to, to present to our influencers, brothers and sisters out there, is next Friday, May 1st, a 24-hour awakening prayer, 24 hours of awakening prayer. And what we're envisioning is uh, starting at noon Central Time next Friday, uh, we want to do a Zoom call and invite all who want to join to kick it off. And it'll be a, it'll be an hour of collective prayer. Whoever wants to kind of be part of that as we kick this time off, and then we're going to have a sign up. Uh, we're going to use Sign Up Genius and have a, a place for you to go sign up for to pick a 15 minute slot in the next 23 hours to the or at least 22 hours till the end of this thing. Because the last hour of our 24 hour period, we want to gather back on Zoom on Saturday between 11 and 12 Central Time. We want to close out together as well. So there'll be 22 hours in between that we're going to allow all of you uh, to pick a 15-minute slot. And there can be multiple people in the sign, in the same 15-minute slot. We pray that is so full uh, of people. So there's just influencers all over the world praying during this 24-hour period. And, you know, we thought about doing a 40-day time of period or whatever, 
But we just thought that we want to do 24 hours and make, and we're praying that this is a, just the beginning of something, a spark, the, the start, a little flame that's going to be fanned into a, a forest fire of prayer all over this country. We're praying that you guys are going to take this and run with it and even take it to your churches, take it to your community groups, take it to your journey groups, that it's going to start a wave of prayer. What, what do you think about all that, Rocky? In 2001, when I had the first uh, journey group, uh, I told those guys that they, they are a group of influencers. And, and the vision that, that God gave me out of that is that, that we come out of that and we influence our world around us. And every, every since that time, influence and influencer has always been synonymous with our method and our mission. And the thing that, that I would say is that uh, how many thousand people that will be hearing this podcast and how many thousand people that could be a part of this prayer initiative that we have? Uh, the first thing that I can say with great assurance is that our king, our papa, will be so delighted to see what we're doing. In a way, this is our upper room. And if he would be pleased to do it, then he could possibly give us a Pentecost. And I'm not talking about influencers. We're, we're happy to be messengers. I'm talking about influencers to influence, to influence their churches, to influence other, other denominations, other ministries. Everybody's got a database. Everybody's got influence. Somebody's got this in many ways, a lot. And our challenge is to awaken them to begin their own prayer initiatives, their own 24-hour. I'd like to see 24-hour prayer initiatives going all over the country, and it can't just be influencers. We can strike the match. We can be a catalyst, and that's what we do. We influence but we want to use our influence to influence other ministries to influence, to influence, to influence, and to wake the bride of Christ up. Mm. You know, I, I, I also thought um, just even just during our 24 hour period, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if, if a particular journey group grabbed an hour, like four or 15 minute slots, and then they did a zoom call as a journey group and prayed together, you know, for a period of time. You know, I thought that could be a really cool expression. Who knows what, what God's going to do in this? Yeah, we're not limiting it. We're not, we're not narrowing it down. We're just putting it out there. Yeah, I think that, again, I think that this is where we get creative. Uh, uh, we, we, get, we need to be vertically focused. I think we get so horizontally focused that we're just looking at ourselves, looking at people around us. But we need to be vertically focused. And, and when, I, when I ask for prayer, I'm asking that we will pray for revival. Yeah. You know, we have all these people praying for the country, praying for the illness, praying for this, praying for that. Let's pray for revival. Mm -hmm. this, this the church will be revived. Because let me tell you, if it gets revived, it's going to reach out to so many people in this world because this world is hungry, thirsty. And they're looking for a church that's alive. And I'm not talking about a little church. I'm not talking about the local church. I'm talking about the body of Christ. All, all united, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, Catholic, Church of Christ. Name them, Presbyterian. Keep going. It all comes down to this. We are one family. 
We are God's family, and we need to wake up the rest of the family that's sleeping. That's right. You know, I, I, I'm reminded when my daughter, my 21-year-old daughter, Annie, was. we were just having a great conversation right at the beginning of all this corona stuff. She had to come home. She was supposed to be in London studying abroad, and she had to come home. But she said, Dad, do you think that this what's, what do you think that this coronavirus is all about? And, you know, and I said, well, I'm not exactly sure, but I think God is trying to get our attention. And, and I said, do you think God maybe needs to get our attention? I, and, and she was thinking about it. And I said, do you think most people in America really give a rip what God thinks about anything? And she said, no, <laughs> I said, okay, let's take everybody out of it. Let's just focus on Christians. Do you think most Christians think that much about what God thinks about how they live their life and are they trying to be obedient and all that stuff? And she sat back and kind of looked and said, no, I don't think most Christians really live their lives to try to please God, you know? And, and, and I said, so maybe God, do you think maybe God does need to wake us up to get our attention? And, and she started kind of making some connections. And so, you know, again, to whatever extent God's using this, you know, the devil may be creating all this pan, pandemonium and the disease or whatever, um, but God is always seizing those opportunities for his purposes. And so uh, so I, I think it all connects, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think God's sovereign over this thing. And uh, I think he allows uh, events to take place that seem to be very, very hard and difficult and but he uses those to for good, actually. And, and this is happening right now. There is good coming out of this right now. And, but you have to choose what path you're going to walk on to find the good. And for those who are believers who follow Christ and believe in his sovereignty, they have a, they have a, a spirit of peace about them. They're not, they're not fearful that his perfect love cast out all fear. Uh, I think our, our, our biggest concern is not uh, fear. I think it's what do we do with this? Because I want to be a steward of this time. I want to be a good steward of this time. I think God has invested more life in me to be in this time, and I want this life to honor him. That's what Romans 12, 1 talks about, about being a living sacrifice. It's not being a sacrifice of death. It's about being alive and being a sacrifice, meaning that, okay, I'm all in, Lord, I'm yours. Now, what do you want to do with me in this time? How can I reach out? How can I offer words of encouragement? And honestly, a lot of it's waiting to hear him. And as you know, we have not been hindered in our messaging. We've been able to continue to do our Zoom calls, Zoom journey groups. We've actually expanded the ministry uh, more so because of, of what we have here had to go to the Zoom technology. Uh, it's, it stretched us, but it's, it's been a good thing. Yeah. And my, my prayer is that one day communities will come back together and we will have both of these. We'll have the technology and we'll also have the, the communities again. And uh, I hope that'll happen. That's right. But right now, although we could be praying for the country, and I know we're going to be having a national prayer a day of prayer, and I think that there'll be a lot of people praying for the country. Uh, honestly, my heart is I'm praying for the church. I'm mm -hmm. praying that the church will be revived. Mm 
because I believe the best thing that can happen for this country will be if this church, our church, our family in this country has a revival. That's right. That's right. So all of you out there, uh, mark it on your calendar for next Friday, May 1st. Um, hope you'll join us uh, at noon Central Time uh, on Zoom, and I'll, we'll put the link out there uh, to, to kick this thing off and uh, hope you all will sign up for a 15-minute slot and spread the word amongst all your, your groups and even other believers that you know, family members and church members, whatever. We would love anyone who wants to join us. It'd be great. Uh, pr a prayer for revival. And uh, I'm going to read this one more time, what happened in 1857, just as we close today, just to, this is, uh, I think this is our heart's cry, that we would see more people of all different races, geographics, uh, demographics, interested in salvation, that we would see backsliders, those who've fallen away from the faith, come back to their faith that there would be new conversions, that more people will come to know Christ, that heaven will be enlarged with, with new believers, that Christians everywhere will desire a deeper instruction in spiritual truths, a la the journey, <laughs> um, that families would start establishing de daily devotions, that, that, that faith would be strong in the family, in the house, um, that entire communities, the morals would be increased, amongst people in all communities, um, that pastors would start preaching the most important things of the gospel of Christ and his cross, and not, and not trying to be socially relevant all the time, but just preaching the word and preaching Jesus. And I just think that we also hope for what James Buchanan said, new spiritual life would be imparted to the dead and new spiritual health imparted to the living. That's our, that's our hope and our prayer. But we hope you will join us for this awakening prayer next Friday. So thank you, Rocky. This has been the Influencers Network podcast, and I'm your host, Brian Craig. And uh, you can find out more about any of these uh, things on our website, www.influencers.org, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. me.